Welcome into the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. JP Shadrick with you on Friday, November 5th, and we have the best of the week around Jags broadcasting and Jaguars.com headed into week nine, including Fred Taylor, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and Bucky Brooks recapping the week eight loss to the Seahawks, and head coach Urban Meyer looking at the Jaguars' defensive play a week ago. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start immediately after last week's loss on Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network and pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor looking for turnovers and much more before saying goodnight. But it's the NFL, and, and they, it's not just cliche. It is actually any given Sunday. So, But guys got to go out there and, and, and show extreme effort. You know, uh, be opportunistic, uh, try and force those turnovers, which you don't account for in your preparation throughout the week. Those are all bonuses, but you have to cash those in and, and, and get scores off the turnovers and uh, eventually get W's in the win column. Uh, by any means necessary, the staff needs to get it together and find some trick plays or something at this point because I doubt you're going to run off 10 in a row to make the playoffs. So, uh, like I said earlier, Mike, Throw the ball downfield. You know, you threw the ball to Agnew 12 times a day. He caught half of them. Yep. Throw a few of those down the field. He might catch half of them. Who knows? You put yourself in position to do something good. Just go play hard, man, and, and, and try and win these games. Fred, great stuff as always. Unfortunate result today for the Jaguars, 31-7. And we've got 10 games remaining to try to get it right. JP, I got beat up all weekend. <laughs> Gators yeah, you got did. me depressed and heartache and, and now I'm a Jag, so I don't know. Not, no, wait a minute. Very you, similar you, games. You're really. okay with the Gators throwing it downfield, but not the Jag. I, okay. I don't know what works. Hey, 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 hey. What I'm going to do after this is just walk to the kitchen, grab me some Pinot Noir or something, mm-hmm. and, and kick back, and I'll be sleeping a couple hours, maybe two hours. And you'll sleep and just I, fine, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sleep like a baby. <laughs> I think you will. Uh, Fred, have a good week. We'll talk to you down the line here, and uh, let's get on track next week against the Bills if we can. I hope so, man. All right, guys. All right, All right Mike. Right. Be good, guys. Another issue for the Jags last week, penalties, 12 of them for 93 yards, including nearly getting called twice in a row for 12 men on the field on defense. On Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco, and I got into it. What I'm flabbergasted is how does it happen right away again? Because you just had 12 guys. Everyone stopped. Everyone on the sidelines. Everyone on the field. And you just got called. Doesn't somebody count? Like immediately go, who's out here who does not belong? Leave. And then you go to the next level is what? And I, I listen. I'm an offensive guy, so maybe mm-hmm. the, I'm just like too simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you run on the field and you're the 12th guy, and somebody's in your position, don't you like think like I'm supposed to line up here? Why are you here? Like, at like somebody is like dupl- is like is somebody's wrong. Is duplicate? Well, hey, well, yeah. Tom, hey, hey, Pete. Tony, good Tom afternoon. Brady said. Tom Brady said defensive players aren't very smart. I didn't day. say you that, Pete. That? But like, no, you did, and Tom Brady did. I know, but think about this, Pete. So let's say you're – I'm making a position. I don't know who was the 12th guy. You're the uh, nickel corner, and you run out there, and they call nickel. 
and you see the Sam linebacker standing right next to you. Okay. No, I get it, Tony. It's not that complicated. Like, I, it really I, isn't. I, I don't understand. Well, okay. Let's Do boil you? it down to well, – No, it's bad coaching. Let's be real. Well, okay. It starts with coaching, Pete, but I agree with Miles. I put on the players too because you walk on the field. You know the defense. They call okay, whatever ultimate, defense. Ultimately, the coaches are responsible yes, for it. Yes, I agree. It starts, it starts okay. with the coaches, but players have to be smart enough to know that somebody else is lined up in my spot. That's like me okay. going on the field, and there's another left tackle. What, do I just line up next to him and just say, well, it must be a new play. Maybe you're, we're in Canada. The, I don't know. The, Maybe they changed the, the rules. Tack, it's the CFL. The I mean, there's another left tackle sitting there. Why am I out in the field then? I mean, is it you're like the, at some point? Like I was whoa. sitting in the booth like yesterday, and it's bothered me the entire time. That would be like me. It's like back when I played, Todd Ford was my backup. Like Todd comes running out of the field, lines up next to me, and I look over him and says, oh, this is normal. This is great. Let's just go play. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> or maybe you had a tackle overload when you both were on the field or something. Well, then I saw Cersei <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Tony, it, look, ultimately, and you locked it last week, so let's call oh, it. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Didn't want to say it, but, t- but Pete put it I out there. I locked it. I picked them. Yeah. I picked them in the Osher deal. I picked them in Logs deal. I mean, I picked them yeah. everywhere. You were all in. Yeah, you, you I didn't know it. they were going to play yeah. with 12 guys. But I didn't I not say it on here that I was concerned about a young team coming off a bye with a first-year coach who's never come off a bye going west to play a team where they hadn't what played well. What does that well, mean? That you've never game. come off a bye. Like I'm so exhausted, Pete, of the no, excuses. New coach never got to buy. The guys won like 50 national titles. You never told. I mean, three. Okay, same thing. He he had like weeks off. Before the national title game. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday airs 4 to 6 p.m. on 1010XL AM and Jaguars social channels. On to Tuesday in the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Head coach Urban Meyer recapped the Jaguars' defensive play against Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith. One final look back at the Seahawks game this past Sunday at Lumen Field. Geno Smith completed his first 14 passes of the game and had a career-high completion percentage of 83%. They just came out of the gate throwing the ball all over the place. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, those were the names we talked about all week coming in, but those guys produced early against you. Yeah, produced early. Uh, I felt like, obviously, as the game wore on, we did much better against him, but Tyler Lockett really impressed me that, uh, well, he's one of the best in the league. Uh, You know, Tyson got, you know, actually halfway tight coverage, but he got behind him for a touchdown. And uh, DK made some catches as well. So uh, Geno Smith is a streaky player. He was certainly streaky in the first half. And and as a result, we went down by a couple scores right away. And uh, we had to match those scores, and we didn't do that. Now, Geno Smith, certainly a quarterback that hadn't been fantastic up until this game. He was averaging 15 uh, points a game as a starter. And so certainly a little surprising, but no surprise with those two guys, Metcalf in particular, because he's such a big, dominant physical presence, and you put Shaq Griffin on him at times when you matched up in man, and that's a heck of a matchup for anybody because this guy is a physical freak. Yeah, we played it mixed in a lot of zone, but uh, you know you kind of open up running lanes if you stick play zone too much, and then also they'll just pick you apart. A lot of the Geno's completions were just the underneath, underneath throws. A lot of them Tyler Lockett on those eight-yard little turn-ins. And then, you know, that's the problem with zone. Then you lock up and man, you expose yourself if that's a matchup issue for us. And and we all believe Tyson Campbell. He's just having some rookie pains. He's very fast. He's athletic, coachable. 
we believe he's going to be a fine corner in the NFL. That's why we, that's why we draft him. That's why we're sticking with him. Uh, we believe Shaq Griffin's going to continue to improve as well. You talked last week extensively about how you're going to be more of a zone defense, and you kind of were making that transition anyway. How hard is it to teach? Because I think this is probably the hardest thing to learn sometimes is that when you play zone, you essentially try to match up with the guy that's in your zone. And so you're trying to teach the routes and the combination of routes to a defense, and that takes a little bit of an adjustment period. How is that going? Well, it's going good. The bye week helped, but it's also, like you said, Jeff, it is a time, it is an adjustment. And uh, the one thing that you know is fairly new to me is you you are so limited because of your roster, because it's the NFL. You know, you just have some older players. You just don't have that repetition opportunities uh, that you would have. But um, I felt like you know zone coverage was productive for us in that game. You are going to dink and duck, and there will be people complete balls on you, but. If they keep it in front of you, that's not a lot of times, you know. And, and then also the one thing about zone coverage, Jeff, you you keep your face on the ball, and that you have a better chance of turnovers when you they dump the ball beneath you, and you come rally up and hit the guy and try to get the ball out. And the second thing is, if a ball ever gets tipped or is a missed throw, you can intercept it. And we had a nice interception, and that was a big field position swap. We would have had the ball on offense on the 40-yard line, and and uh, we didn't get that because of the offsides. The Urban Meyer Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. on the Jaguars Radio Network. On to Wednesday and huddle up with Bucky Brooks. The NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar joins John Ozier and me each Wednesday in this conversation about the Jaguars' offense and the need for speed. Do we have enough? Remains to be seen. Uh, do we have enough to uh, hit some big plays? Sure. It's just we got to execute. Agnew's got elite speed. Um, Marvin Jones plays much faster than maybe a 40-yard clock uh, and Dan Arnold is one of the faster tight ends that we've seen so their speed on the field we just got to execute. There you have it that's Urban Meyer earlier today Bucky and you know you look at the, the longest play last week for the Jags offense it was 17 yards with a swing pass to the running back the next longest play was a running play to James Robinson and by the way James Robinson didn't practice today with a heel injury so they got to find other ways to move the ball down the field. They have to find more more ways to move the ball down the field because right now when I look at this offense, I look at our team in general. We are a, a 40 and over team at the YMCA playing half-court basketball. Like there are no breakaways. There are no big plays. There are no dunks. Nothing like that. Everything is have to be manufactured to move the ball beyond 10 yards. And it's just hard to play football like that in the National Football League. And so when Coach Meyer is talking about explosive plays and being able to have a chunk play, you need chunk plays to put points on the board. There's a correlation between those 20-plus plays and the amount of points that you score. And when you don't have that ability, it just makes it really, really hard. And he can sit there and talk about Jamal Agnew is the speed demon that we're supposed to be excited about. And then as Marvin Jones plays faster and Dan Arnold, he's already telling you without telling you, we need more speed. We need more speed and more explosiveness on the field to be able to score more points. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Bucky. And I want to kind of bounce this off of you. I get this question all the time, uh, you know, because I write about speed all the time in the mailbag that I do. And, and uh, people sort of counter with, well, Jamal Agnew's fast and uh, Tavon Austin's fast. And these guys are fast. And there's not that much different. But am I right, Bucky, in that, you know, it's one thing to be fast, but this team right now doesn't seem to have functional speed, meaning Jamal Agnew's fast and he's, he's, he's been as good as you could expect. But He's not a detailed NFL veteran receiver. 
it's not fair to think he's going to be your one going deep. I just don't know if the speed that they have is in good enough receivers to make that impact difference. And maybe I'm not saying it quite right, but maybe you know what I'm getting at. Oh, I know exactly what you're getting at. It's one thing in being fast. It's another thing in being fast, explosive, and skilled. What we don't have is enough skill because to be a number one receiver, you have to have skills, route running ability, pass catching ability, the ability to create consistent separation versus press versus off versus cloud corners, all of those things. We don't have that ability. Jamal Agnew has come, I mean, he has come so far in such a short time. It's amazing. Going from being a return in a DB to being a wide receiver. But in an ideal world, he's a three or a four. He's not supposed to be your number one. And so when Urban Meyer cites him as the first guy, that tells you the issue. Jamal Agnew should never be the number one consideration on the outside and the perimeter as a receiver. He should be the fourth guy. And so the Jaguars, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this before we get to the draft and free agency, the Jaguars need two guys that come and arrive in the offseason. They need to get a marquee free agent wide receiver, a legitimate number one, someone who can impact the game like we're going to see this weekend in Stephon Diggs and what he did with Josh Allen. And then they need to draft another one who can come in and immediately impact the game like a Justin Jefferson. You need two guys to really make this wide receiver core what I would call an adequate wide receiver core by NFL standards. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks Wednesdays at 4.30 on Jaguars' social media channels. When we return, moving on to the Bills. Jags defensive end Josh Allen tells fans what they should know but aren't hearing about this Jaguars team. Longtime Bills reporter Vic Carucci gives us insight to the other Josh Allen. Plus, Urban Meyer updates James Robinson's status for the game. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And thanks, as always, for checking out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's free on Apple iTunes or Spotify. The Bills and Jaguars met in the 2017 postseason, with the Jaguars winning the AFC wildcard playoff game 10-3. Since that time, the Jags have collapsed and retooled the entire organization from top to bottom. The Bills drafted Josh Allen, built a stout defense, and have gone to the playoffs the last two years, including the AFC Championship game last season. On Jags Drive Time Wednesday morning, Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Osier talked about that Bills build, plus what to try to avoid the rest of this season. So the Jaguars this week did not make a move at the trade deadline for whatever reason. There wasn't a deal to be made. The the teams they were talking to, because the coaches said that they were talking, wanted too much for the player that they were interested in talking about, whatever. Help is not on the way, okay? This team will be built over the next few years. Drafts, free agency, and it will look different. The guys who are here today, mathematically speaking, a third of them will be gone by the time this team makes it to the playoffs. Maybe half of them right? You will be moving through a lot of guys. So that's why the Bills are such a good model. But until then, it's to help him, right? Catch the ball on third down on an opening drive, LaVisca. 
pull that sucker in. You had your hands on it, right? That's been a problem for him the last couple of games. Make the cut and get up the field for the first down. Make the block. Protect the quarterback. Tip the ball. Intercept it. Give the quarterback another possession. This team can play better with the guys who are here. They've got to help this quarterback. Yeah, I think they can play a little better. I, I think what they were up against in Seattle, you know, if you guys listened to me last week, which I understand if you don't, um, <laughs> I didn't think this game would go well. I thought they were really up against it. I expected realistically Seahawks to win 31-17. What I didn't expect was the unbelievable disorganization and the, you know, looking like you had never played football before at times. That was, you know, I don't want to say disturbing, but I think that's why Miles Jack said it was humiliating and embarrassing. A loss wouldn't have been that was. But I also think that that game is what happens sometimes in the NFL when you are not as good as your opponent. And you can say all you want about Seattle and I having Russell Wilson. They had Tyler Lockett and they had DJ Metcalf and they had guys who are better players than the Jaguars. So when you're playing uphill, Miles Jack said it to the media uh, on Thursday about the margin for error. When you are playing with such a tight margin for error and make a couple of mistakes, avalanches are what happened. Uh, if they do that again, they will have more avalanches because yeah. they don't have the receivers to make up for it. Nope. They don't cover well enough to make up for their own mistakes. So when they make mistakes, they're going to get exposed. This team can't make those kind of mistakes and expect to even be close. More from Jags Drive Time coming up a little bit later. The Jaguars did add an offensive player a few weeks back. Tight end Dan Arnold came in on the C.J. Henderson trade, and he's been productive. 25 targets, 18 catches, 188 yards. Wednesday, he met the media to discuss the Bills' defense this week and how he has settled into the Jags' offense. I think Coach Bev put it pretty pretty well um, in, our, in our offensive install meeting today. It, you know, when you have a team like that that's pretty simple and they just execute well, that's essentially what we have to do on offense as well. Um, it's just going to come down to execution. we got to minimize the mistakes and um, not have penalties on first down, second down, and, and get behind ourselves. Um, and really just, you know, throw and catch and be, be as accurate as we can in the pass game and, um, and continue running the ball like we, we have been. And I think we've been running the ball really successfully, and it's something that we can continue to grow at. Um, but yeah, it's, it really just comes down to execution. That's the biggest thing. Um, whether it's an exotic look or a base look, I think it's it's more about us than any, anything else. Dan, are you fully comfortable in the offense now at this point? Um, I, you know, there's always some wrinkles that, that we have. Um, the biggest thing is not having those reps in training camp where it was like, okay, you saw it, you saw it one way and the quarterback sees it another way and then you're able to grow from that mistake or that miscommunication in training camp that where it, it tends not to mean as much. Um, so it's just, you know, coming in during practice and getting those extra reps, trying to trying to get all the all the little details and fine nuances of route running and, and everything um, worked out with Trevor. And we've definitely, you know, we've come a long way. Um, and the best thing, too, is that, you know, he's such an easy guy to communicate with, too, and talk to. Um, and after, you know, in the meetings, what, what happens off the field, I think, is just as important. Um, watching film with him, seeing how he sees things, and um, also bringing you know some stuff that I've had um, from other teams, you know, giving him some new insights. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm getting there. It's definitely there's always going to be room for improvement, 100%. Um, but yeah, it's it's getting there. 
The full press conference available on Jaguars.com. Now back to Jags drive time, this time from Thursday morning. Bill's beat reporter Vic Carucci is in his fifth decade of covering the NFL. He's a co-host on Sirius XM Radio. He's on the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee as well. He broke down the Bills' early play this season, plus the background of quarterback Josh Allen's season so far. We say it with a little bit of hesitation after how the Jaguars played in Seattle last week that this is a very tough game for the Jaguars. How are the Buffalo Bills viewing this game in Jacksonville this weekend? Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to describe any game any differently than tough and challenging. Uh, it's the NFL. Week to week, you never know. But they have to feel good about where they are because they're in a really good place uh, with a 5-2 and two record. They are playing, I would say, differently than a year ago when they were a 13-win team and got within one game of the Super Bowl, different in the sense that offensively, they were a dominant team last year, one of the best offenses in the NFL. They're not at that level offensively this year, but they're playing very well defensively, and uh, they need to lean on their defense just regardless of the opponent. Miami, a team that came in much like the Jaguars, just with one win uh, and uh, last week and struggled with them and ultimately leaned on their defense to kind of spark them in the uh, fourth quarter. Vic, we talked earlier uh, this week and you sort of casually mentioned that Josh Allen maybe wasn't quite as good as he was last year or having quite the year. And I go look at the numbers and he's 17 and three touchdown interceptions. He's got five straight games over 100. This kid's not playing bad. Can you expand on maybe where he's not quite what he was last year and what he needs to do? Sure, John. It's a year ago, you had a guy who was consistently hitting the 300-yard mark, who was consistently in those multiple touchdown games. And, and I'm, I'm saying like more than two, like four, <laughs> three and four TDs a game. And then if, if he wasn't throwing them, he was also running them. Or in the case of what we saw against Miami, uh, you know, making a, a catching a, a throw uh, as well uh, to get in the end zone, um, uh, or or in other games where he's caught those, uh, you know, the the, the two point conversion, whatever it might be, he's he's this great athlete who is big, uh, as we can see here, you know, six. You're talking looking at six five, two forty, uh, with speed, with explosiveness. And a real sense of how to utilize his himself physically to the fullest, um, and that's not always the case. People can have, you know, can can be blessed with that kind of physique, but not really know what to do with it. And in his case, when I say know what to do with it, it's also the training that he does between seasons. Jordan Poy- Jordan uh, Palmer working with him. Uh, a former NFL quarterback, quarterback guru, works with him in Southern California. And it's it's the they go through all the technical, mechanical, but also mental aspects. Sports psychologist uh, gets incorporated in this as well. And all of that, I think, collectively, uh, plus obviously the coaching he gets from, you know, Brian Dayball, the Bills offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, uh, the quarterback's coach, uh, all leads to that. But I will say this about Josh. He is driven to be great. And when they lost to the the Steelers to the opener, a shocking loss, and he didn't have a good game that day, obviously, 
They play Miami the following week. They win 35 to nothing. So you would say, great day for the offense. But it wasn't from the standpoint of numbers and stats and production from Allen. And he didn't look like it looked out of sync. So he was bothered by that. He he knew it. He heard the criticism. And then he acknowledged by week three or four, he's acknowledging He's not the, you know, it's not, it's not working right the way he wants it to. So that's him putting pressure on himself, but it is working collectively. And I think what's taken a little time for him to understand, uh, even and and look, you feel pressure. You got a $258 million uh six-year contract extension. So that carries some burden too to it. But the defense is the driving force of this team. And I think his understanding that as long as that defense is playing the way it is, as long as there can be complementary elements, it doesn't always have to be dominance on offense, it will work. So that's really what what I meant by that is, is you don't see the, quote, MVP candidate offensive player, at least so far. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays at 10 o'clock on Jaguars.com and Jags social media channels. Let's move to Friday. Running back James Robinson left the game in Seattle with a bruised heel and did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Jags head coach Urban Meyer in his Friday press conference, always held before practice, updated Robinson's week so far and his possible status for the game against the Bills. Uh, day-to-day, he's, uh, I think we're going to get him moving around today. He was out there yesterday too. Uh, uh, it's a bruise that you're just pain threshold, and, and uh, he's a tough, tough cat. So we'll know more in the next couple of days, obviously. Listen, this questionable. Yeah. Okay. Are you happy with how he's been uh, kind of progressing throughout the week? No, he's a monster. Yeah, he's uh, as tough as guys I've been around. What changes if he doesn't play? Yeah, you're does? just. Uh, we have a lot of confidence in Carlos. You know, I have a great history with him, and he's played well this year. Uh, he came in, and he's done what we've asked him to do, and he's really talented. Uh, but you're down one, you know, down an arguably most productive player on offense. Can you miss, or can you make up for his past protection help there? Carlos, uh, I know we had a, a, a non-great one last week, but uh, and the one thing, you know, Bernie Parmley and then we were, James was not a great pass protector last year. He has really worked his tail off. He's excellent now. So I have confidence in Carlos, and, and OG is another guy I love to death, one of our best special teams guys. We brought Zig back. So... Yeah, you're going to be, if he doesn't play, I still, I expect a positive day-to-day. So he's basically just mental reps, just mental, yeah. mental reps. Yeah, mental reps, he took all, he's going to do walk-through today. And so uh, mental reps is actually physically stand behind the ball carrier and, and do your footwork and all that, and he's been doing that all week. We will find out as the weekend moves along on the most productive Jaguars offensive players so far. And we wrap this week with Friday's Ozone Podcast on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. John Osher this week caught up with Jags defensive end and outside linebacker Josh Allen. And it's always an outstanding conversation. What do you want fans to know about this team, about this process, that maybe you haven't heard said to them, if you know what I'm getting at? Uh, I do. Uh, man, we some fighters, yo. Uh, it's just, you know, it may not seem ideal right now. It may not seem like the best, but you got guys out here busting their butt every play. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have guys want to get better every single day. You got guys want to put on for the city, want to put on for themselves, want to put on for the team. That's going to give it their all every week. And I know it may not seem like, you know, it might may just seem like bull crap right now, you know, listening, but... You know, you definitely got 
we're going to turn this around. And trust and believe my words, man, it's going to happen. Who knows when it's going to happen? I want it to happen now, you know, because I'm tired of it. We're all tired of it. And I know you guys tired of it. Uh, but, you know, by the end of the day, we're going to go out here. We're going to bust our, we're gonna bust our butts every day, go out there and try to get a win, man. And uh, we love this city. We love this organization, you know, and we're going to do everything we can for it. You know, I'm going to put my all in it, give it 110%. And, you know, just put my face, put the face in me, put the face in, in Trav, put the face in this team that we're going we to succeed, you know. One thing I've learned in doing this for a while is time goes quick in this league. Time goes quick when you're my age, Josh. Time goes quick, period. You're two and a half years into this now. It, does it seem like that's gone fast? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, it's de- it is definitely gone fast just to be, you know, year three. Uh, it's definitely zoom by just looking back. Like last year went by so fast, sure. which I'm thankful for. <laughs> but uh, this year, man, it's definitely been a, it's de- yeah, it's definitely been so long. I can't even, I don't even know what to really say, man. I feel sure. like when we played in London, we blanked, we're three games in. You know what right. I mean? We had to buy a week and boom, it's right here. And then sooner or later, uh, the last game going to be, you know what I'm saying? He's going to look and be like, damn. So uh, this season definitely been going long and, uh, Three years flew by. Sure. Just flew by. Give me an assessment on you. You're always under such a spotlight. I'm not sure what the numbers are, but it certainly seems in the last couple of games you've been coming on, making more plays. Do you feel like you're improving, getting better opportunities, or where are you at right now in terms of where you want to be? I feel like I'm still on that growing phase, man. I feel like I'm still, you know, I feel like I'm not going to say I'm completely there, but I, I am taking that next step forward in my game on where I need to be. And as long as I maintain and, 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 and put, you know, put the faith in myself and put the faith in my teammates, uh, I feel like, man, the sky's the limit. And uh, so I feel like I'm at a good pace and, you know, try to get better every day, you know what I'm saying? Take one day at a time and make new mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes that sure. I made yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Do, do something better that I didn't do yesterday. Do it now. Uh, that's my mindset going in every day, man. And uh, I enjoy being out here. I enjoy I enjoy strapping up. I enjoy taking the field every play, and I don't take none of those plays for granted because you never know when it's going to be your last. And that's my mindset. And you know, I just still want to be the best. And that's how I'm gonna play. That's how I'm forever going to play. The Ozone Podcast available now on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Coming up Sunday, the Public Tailgate Show at 10 o'clock on 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville and Jaguars social channels. We'll hear from CBS Sports play-by-play announcer Andrew Catalan and much more. Then at noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. Pete Prisco, the guys in the booth, Fred Taylor, and the final word before kick with head coach Urban Meyer. Then after the game, it's Jaguars postgame with Fred Taylor and then the scoreboard show with Bucky Brooks and your phone calls following the game broadcast. Kickoff for the Bills and Jaguars officially two minutes after 1 o'clock Eastern time this Sunday. Enjoy the game this weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Banks.